When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan, back with another packed episode of No Breaks, No Fear. Coming up, we look back on all of the Premiership action from Monday night as Wolves go back top. We had just about too much strength for him in the end, but it was touch and go, you know, with such a strong reserve as Hans Anderson. We'll also hear from Sheffield Simon Stead, Alex Brady of Kings Lynn, Danny King of Ipswich and Dan Bewley of the Bellevue Aces, amongst others. We're also going to be looking ahead to the action coming up in the Championship as well. Well, there's lots to look forward to, and it's a busy week for Pool Pirates. We'll hear from Stefan Nielsen and Danian Hume. It's a good group of lads, and yeah, it's grabbing the experience they've got with both hands, and yeah, pushing on with my career myself. We'll also take a look at the National Development League. We'll hear from Mildenhall's Elliot Kelly and Jason Edwards. All to come on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. And joining me to look back at uh, the action recently and look ahead to what's coming up, including, of course, the big British final, which is just less than two weeks away now, is Dave Rowe, who, as uh, you'll well know, is, uh, I think, uh, fast becoming the uh, the poster boy of Speedway, I think, uh, certainly in, in some people's bedrooms, perhaps. Uh, but uh, Dave Rowe is with us. Uh, you'll know him from Eurosport, from the Speedway star, and um, so far has attended over 30 Speedway meetings this season. And uh, certainly, I think there must be some award for that. Uh, welcome along, Dave. Thanks, Ian. I think uh, house, housewife's choice is the, uh, the phrase of choice. That's the one. Poster boy. Yeah, <laughs> housewife's choice. That's right. Yeah, and and you have been uh, you have been asked for for autographs. Uh, this is what stardom does for you. It's, uh, you know, the, your 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 year is uh, is 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 taking a different turn. It was quite. Uh, it was actually quite amusing at um, at the TV meeting at Sheffield a couple of weeks ago. Our interview point was outside the pits, which was good because Sheffield has a very uh, very tight pits uh, pits compact area. Uh, and yes, a couple of. Uh, couple of supporters wanted a photo and then also even more excitingly chased the ace at Bellevue the following night the mascot also wanted a photo so yeah <laughs> fame and fortune or something <laughs> yeah you, well there you go I mean if, if chase the ace wants your autograph and photo then that's that's a good position to be in yes it's even made my even made my Twitter profile picture. <laughs> fantastic um well we're going to look at the meetings from Monday night 
uh, in a bit. But first of all, um, the draw has just been released for the 2021 Sports Insure British Final, which is taking place on the 16th of August at the National Speedway Stadium. Um, you were presiding over the draw, a um, bit like Bert Millichip used to do with the FA Cup uh, draw uh, back in the day. And uh, it was uh, it was Adrian Smith and, and Mark Lemon who were actually uh, drawing the balls out of the hat. Um, tell us about that then, because um, sometimes in the past these things have been done and there's the draw, but it's it's great to actually see the process ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, well, first of all, the, the, the draw process itself, we just we generally felt that, and this was something that was done last year as well with, with Nigel and Kelvin via, via Talking Dirt, um, better for the profile of the sport, for the, for the, the build-up to the meeting, rather than just bashing out an email with 16 riders in 16 slots, let's make something of it, and let, let's make it a, a little mini, a mini TV segment, if you like. So that's why it was filmed in the way it was, in kind of uh, true draw fashion. Yes, you're right, I remember the, the days of... Um, Days of Graham Kelly uh, doing the FA Cup draw on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday lunchtime on the on the BBC, and I remember one one occasion when the two who were drawing drew out number one and number two first. Then the next one drew no, said it's number three. Oh no, it's not. It's number sixty four. And Graham Kelly was don't do that. <laughs> um, so uh, I was just really hoping that uh, Mark and Adrian wouldn't drop the balls or something. But no, it all it all went well. And I think, as I say, it's good for the profile of the sport just to do something extra. I mean. The riders, I'm sure, will look at their numbers. They'll look at their starting positions, whether it makes any great difference. You know, who knows, on a track as fair as Bellevue, I'm sure they'll all 16 feel they've got a chance. Uh, and, yeah, interesting meeting ahead, 16th of August. And um, I'm sure that the homeboys will be, be confident. Certainly Dan Bewley after a maximum last night will be. There's plenty of people in form. It's going to be a good night. OK, well, let's listen to that draw right now, uh, led by Dave Rowe. And uh, you'll also hear the, the voices of Mark Lemon and Adrian Smith as well. Here it is. So here we go with the draw. The first rider is Ben Barker, who finished third in both 2010 and 2014. And Mark will give us his riding number. Rider number four. Ben Barker is rider number four. Moving on to Bellevue man Dan Bewley, yet to become British champion. Second place to Robert Lambert in 2018. Adrian, a number for Dan Bewley. Number nine. Dan goes at number nine. Former champion, of course, we have uh, six former champions in the field and Craig Cook of Ipswich and Glasgow this year, but won the title in 2017. On the rostrum in his last six British finals, Craig Cook, Mark. Right at number five. Craig Cook rides at number five. A man in terrific form so far this season, both with Sheffield and with Scunthorpe, is Adam Ellis. Adrian. Number 12. Number 12 for Adam Ellis. His last appearance in the British final was back in 2018. Could be a favourite this year. Chris Harris, the three-time British champion, last made the rostrum in 2013. Mark for Chris Harris. Right at number eight. The Peterborough and Birmingham man, Chris Harris, goes at number eight. Moving on to the captain of Sheffield and Leicester, Kyle Howarth. Adrian. Right at number six. Kyle Howarth, whose last appearance was in 2018 when he made the semi-final, he goes at number six. Edward Kennett back in form recently, a maximum for Eastbourne last weekend. Second place in 2008 and 2009. Mark for Edward Kennett. Right at number three. 
Edward Kennett will be rider number three. On to a man who made the semi-final in 2019. That's Louis Kerr of Kings Lynn and Eastbourne. Adrian? Rider 11. Louis Kerr is rider number 11. 2016 champion in the wet here at Bellevue and runner-up in 2019 is Danny King. Mark? Rider number seven. Former champion Danny King goes at number seven. And the man who was runner up here last year, Richard Lawson of Kings Lynn and Eastbourne. Adrian. 16. Richard Lawson goes at number 16 in good form this season. The seven time British champion, Scott Nichols. Last time he won it was 2012. Is there an eighth title in Scott this season? Mark. Rider number one. Scott Nichols, rider number one. And from the seven-time champion to a young man making his debut in the British final, that's Anders Rowe of Ipswich and Redcar. Adrian? Number 14. Anders Rowe, number 14, of course, just back in action after injury. The defending champion won it uh, last year on the live stream, Rory Schlein of Wolverhampton and Paul. Mark? Rider number two. Roy Schlein is number two for this year's British final. We finish off with three more Bellevue riders. So, Adrian, we start with Richie Worrell, who, of course, crashed in the semi-final on the last bend last year to cost him a place in the final. So, a number for Richie Worrell. Number 10. Richie Worrell goes at number 10. And his twin brother, who came close in 2017, finishing second, the Bellevue captain, Steve Worrell. Mark. Number 15. Steve Worrell goes at number 15, and we complete the field with another home rider who was champion here in 2019. What a night that was. Can there be a repeat for Charles Wright? Adrian. Number 13. Charles Wright goes at number 13. So that completes the draw. Let's take a look at some of the key races ahead. So, heat one more feature, the defending champion Rory Schlein and the seven-time champion Scott Nichols. And then there are three former champions meeting in heat two, Craig Cook, Danny King and Chris Harris, with Kyle Howarth also thrown in. Many people make Dan Bury this year's favourite with the high expectations for Adam Ellis. They meet in heat three and the 2019 winner Charles Wright starts on the outside of heat four. That race also features his Bellevue teammate Steve Worrell. Some big clashes to pick out from later in the meeting. Heat 5 looks a tasty one with Wright, Nichols, Cook and Bewley. And Heat 10 also a really strong quartet there. Ellis on the inside going up against Cook, Steve Worrell and Schlein. If they need points towards the end, how about Heat 17? Nichols against Harris with the Worrell boys also in that race. And Heat 18 could also be a highlight. Last year's runner-up Richard Lawson, current champion Schlein and former winner King and Bewley on the inside. So here's the full 1 to 16 in draw order. Scott Nichols at number 1, 2 is Rory Schlein, number 3 Edward Kennett, 4 is Ben Barker, number 5 Craig Cook, 6 is Carl Howarth, number 7 Danny King, 8 Chris Harris, 9 Dan Bewley, 10 Richie Worrell, Louis Kerr goes at 11, Adam Ellis at 12, number 13 Charles Wright, number 14 Anders Rowe, 15 is Steve Worrell and number 16 is Richard Lawson. So that's the draw order and the full lineup for the 2021 Sports Insure British Final, which takes place on the 16th of August. If you'd like to be there in person, then you can get your tickets at the Bellevue website. Um, buy them and get them uh, sooner than later because it is going to be a very, very busy meeting. That uh, if you can't make it in person, though, it will be on Eurosport Monday, the 16th of August, for the British Final.
Well, let's stay with the National Speedway Stadium then because uh, Bellevue were in action in the Premiership last night, taking on the Ipswich Witches. It finished Bellevue 55, Ipswich 35. So obviously a disappointing evening for the Witches, who I think were hoping for uh, a bit of a stronger performance. Top scoring for the Witches was Danny King. We'll hear from him shortly. First of all, let's hear from Dan Bewley, who went through the card a 15-point maximum. He's been speaking with Phil Lanning. And uh, Phil, in this chat, uh, brings up that subject of the British final. And uh, it seems that Dan Bewley might be hitting form just at the right time. Number one, 15-point maximum. Is that the way you want to carry on? Is that an obvious question? Yeah, you know, as I said at the start of the season, that was the big goal, you know, get to number one. And uh, tonight was a a good uh, step to try and stay there. So, uh, yeah, happy with how tonight went. Quite a big contrast to the last meeting here. Is there any reason for that? Why fluctuating in for the team and yourself? Yeah, you know, the the last meeting, uh, I had some little bike troubles and I said I would fix it. And uh, I did, so... uh, it was good the next few meetings and then uh, yeah, we went to some little bit different equipment tonight and it went good again. So uh, you know, I had one bad meeting and uh, fixed it and now we're back on good again. So uh, you know, it's all good. You've got a meeting here next week against Peterborough and then you've got the British final. Um, is there an obvious thing that there's an advantage for you here or do you think it's such a fair track that it's that you don't have much of an advantage? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge advantage. You know, it's always a little bit different here every week, just with just with the weather. You know, not, not even with the how the tracks prepared. You know, just can vary like so much. So it's you know, it's not a very big advantage. And you know, it's a real easy track to get round. So uh, you know, everyone's good here. So uh, it's just fair racing. So you know, I think whoever wins, you know, it's the best rider on the night. So I should say as well that machinery change. Have you learned a lot from that tonight? That you might use that setup and machinery for the British final. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> it's quite a good precedent to set. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, he had a lot of rivals against you tonight. We'll be in the meeting as well, ironically. So yeah, it's a good yardstick. Yeah, we got 15 tonight, so looks good towards the British final. But you know, Cookie didn't have his best tonight, and uh, you know, I expect him to be a lot better come in the British final. And you know, Danny King too. So uh, you know, a lot of it can depend on the weather and how certain riders could go, but. You know, I think, you know, whatever the track looks like, I think I've got a good chance and you know, I'm ready for whatever. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but more than anything, just uh, get these next few league meetings out of the way. And just finally, you're also going well in the extra league as well. Is that, are you coping with the travelling and the, the amount of meetings okay? Is it something you've sort of slotted into now? Yeah, to be honest, it's 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 quite easy once you've got everything organised, you know, with with uh, Tap Trip and Ian Sinderson and all that help, help me out there you know once you've actually figured out what fights you're going to get it's really easy travel so you know not too busy at the minute it's just two or three meetings a week you know could, could be a lot busier so uh, you know, it's been easy and uh, yeah I'm liking it still can still do some training still do some other things outside of Speedway to, I think helps me during, doing Speedway too so uh, you know it's, it's all been good Dan Bewley there then, uh, Dave, going through with uh, a 15-point maximum, untouchable all night. And as he mentioned in that interview with Phil Lanning, and I know quite a few supporters have have been mentioning this as well online, that uh, he was using a new bit of gear last night, a new engine, one of Ty Wuffenden's engines, and certainly seemed to be delivering the business and um, pretty much confirming in that chat with Phil that the bike he was riding last night will be the bike he's using in the British final, which uh, certainly is not going to do any harm to his um, favourite label for the championship yeah and I'm, I'm not surprised he's made changes because i was at bellevue for their last uh, home 
premiership meeting against Wolverhampton when they were beaten and they were beaten up towards the closing stages. And Dan Bewley himself was as well. So um, I'm not surprised he's looked to do something different. And what he's done last night has clearly worked well. Um, I think he will start his favourite for the British final. I don't see why he wouldn't. He's not won it before, but he's certainly the man in form, um, both with that 15-point max last night and in uh, and, and with what he's doing in, in Poland as well. And uh, it makes sense that he's, that he's changed his setup slightly for the National Speedway Stadium. Clearly got something that worked last night. And if you've got something that works, why change? Well, there were a few riders in the field on Monday at the National Speedway Stadium who will be lining up in the British final. Uh, one of those was the top scorer for the Ipswich Witches on the night with 14 plus one. Danny King has been speaking with Phil Lanning. Danny King, tough night at Bellevue and um, you had it halfway there and they absolutely dominated the second half. Was there a particular reason for that? Um, no, not really. Uh, I don't honestly know, Phil. I had seven rides tonight. I don't feel like I've watched any racing, so I couldn't even tell you the score. But I know we uh, we lost quite heavily in the end. It's a bit of a shame because, as you say, we were there with thereabouts most of the way through. But, I um, yeah, I'd have to go back and have a proper look at it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We were struggling for setup tonight. Everyone was. I could hear everyone talking amongst themselves and just trying to get something working. Is it tough without Jason? Is it... Puts extra emphasis on everybody, does it? It's up their game. It does, it does. You know, you need someone like Jason um, just in the pits, you know, let alone on track. So um, it's been tough, but it seems to be the story of our season so far. And, um, you know, fingers crossed it, he is on the mend and we can have him back soon because, as I say, we uh, we could do with Jason, you know, Jason about again. Um, do you manage to gather any information tonight for what's here in two weeks' time? I did, yeah, I did. Um, I didn't have time to to do what I wanted to do tonight on the bike but we, we were working you know I think I was late out for every ride in the second half of the mean because we're trying to get the bike back together but um, yeah I'm, I'm happy going into the British final OK and as far as it is concerned you've um, again it's been tough without Jason but do you feel like you're sort of making progress at all do you feel like you need a full team back all the time we need a full team back we've um, we've not covered very well without Jason so and that's obviously no secret so um, you know I, I feel with a full one to seven and and uh, someone like Jason in the team, you know, we're, we're there or thereabouts. I think the team's good. There's Danny King speaking with Phil Lanning and they're revealing obviously a disappointing night for Ipswich but for Danny King some valuable laps around the National Speedway Stadium with one eye on the British final in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and of course he likes the track. I've seen him ride there very well in the past. I mentioned he won it in the wet in 16 but also was well, he almost won it in 19 when he was the best rider in the 20 races, but then uh, Charles Wright rode superbly in the final to, to nick, the, uh, nick the title. So Danny's always going to be there or thereabouts at Bellevue in, in, in an individual event. Tough night for Ipswich overall. Um, that's the second time this season they've gone down there, 55-35, same score both times. Uh, matches running out for them. They've, they've raced 15 out of 20, and with Sheffield winning last night, we'll come on to that shortly, um, there's no room for error now for Ipswich at all. They've got some. They, they've probably got to win, I would think, all five of their remaining matches if they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I believe Jason Crump is back this week for them. It's not worked out for them using Guest and RR, um, so if they can get their full 1-7, to seven, that might just be in time, and they've got to hit form straight away. Yeah, it's um, starting to come up on the rails quick, isn't it, this point of the season where you know the, the wins need to come now and uh, let's go to the Adrian Flux Arena a, a fixture that you were at last night Dave um, Kings Lynn obviously under a bit of pressure as they have been pretty much from since the start of the season really with lots of changes now a team manager change and Sheffield also making changes but um, certainly seems to have worked with the, the additions they've made to the team um, Sheffield winning their first away fixture of the season it finished Kings Lynn 41 
Sheffield 49 and a big four points on the road for Sheffield who still have four matches in hand as well, don't they? They do, and the team last night looked good. I think it was a better balanced Sheffield team than we've seen so far. We saw them on TV lose at home to Peterborough, and I think many people would say that result had been coming. Yes, we know Chris Harris had the the big impact in that meeting at reserve, but a Sheffield home defeat that the team just looked somewhat imbalanced. It was better to balance last night with Jack Holder, although he's not fully fit, riding at number one. Um, they won comfortably, even with Adam Ellis crashing out, knee injury. Hopefully he won't be out for, for too long with that uh, British final in mind. But um, but what I saw last night was, I think, the most exciting individual display I've seen this season, and that was from Josh Pickering, that they've just brought in. I know he's been fantastic for Edinburgh this season. He had got so much speed, so much determination to reel people in last night. Some of the moves he made were spectacular. And in the end... They went into Heat 15 looking to take all four league points. They were putting in their second strings, effectively, Pickering and Carl Howarth, who both ridden well, and Pickering uh, actually passed Thomas Jorgensen uh, to get that fourth league point for them. So he was fantastic. That's a recent signing. Stefan Nielsen made his debut, came in and looked good. It's giving them more at reserve. Uh, I also thought Daniel Hume was very much on the pace too. Uh, he'll ride again for them on Thursday, and that could be the answer in their number seven role. So all of a sudden, Sheffield, whilst there are still a couple of issues there, you look at that top five, it is strong. Uh, although their their points total is nowhere near the current top three, as long as they can fend off Ipswich, then there's no reason why come late August, early September, they might not be where we thought they'd be back in May. Well, let's hear from uh, the star man that you picked out last night, Josh Pickering. He's speaking with Ryan Guest. Thanks to yourself uh, with that t- tremendous ride in 8.15, all four league points as well. Yeah, that's what we come here to do. Um, Kyle said at the start of the meeting when we were doing the coin toss, we're here for four points, and um, best thing was we made the most of that. It was um, it was definitely an experience. I've never even seen the place here, you know. So um, heat one was a little bit tricky, and I feel like I sort of every time I got on the track, I felt to ride the place a little bit better. Um, everything was great. My mechanics done an unbelievable job, Ryan and Cooper, and I can't ask for a better start to a very busy week. Yeah, you say you've never seen this place before. Uh, certainly watching you, you want to know it because you really did show some unbelievable speed out there tonight. Yeah, I was happy with how things were going, mate. Um, everything was just working good. Uh, nights like this, the, it's the best for the whole team, you know. Mechanics, I'm not saying they didn't do anything, but we just, it's just, you know, typical everything after every race. No changes, no mucking around. We just had a job to do and we and we done it, so I was, I'm um, quite happy. I know it's still early days in your in your Premiership career. Obviously, had a um, a really solid debut um, at Alderton. Uh, the fixture against Peterborough was was a bit tougher, but uh, it's nights like tonight which which make you believe that that you where you belong in this Premiership. Yeah, I think a few things got to me that Peterborough match. I just I um as much as you try and feel ready to go and stuff, there's just certain things that don't click at certain times, and um, not that I felt like I was going to start bad, but I was I was quite disappointed on that drive home and you know I had four and a half hours to really think about what happened and um, I was glad I could turn it around on the Friday night at Edinburgh I think I only dropped one point or something like that so um, yeah things are going back good again and and doing what we got to do so um, yeah just we're just gonna we know what's capable of every rider of in this league I've raced and I've beaten before so um, they're all beatable again now so um, yeah we're just We've got to head over to, um, we've got Plymouth tomorrow, uh, staying at Coles tonight and um, prepping the bikes for tomorrow and then we're away to Poole and we're away to Ipswich and we're away back up to Edinburgh and then I'm back down the road to Leicester on Saturday and then I've got a couple of days to myself and then, um, yeah, we go Tuesday, Kent, Wednesday, Birmingham, Thursday here again, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, Thursday here and then um, 
Friday out at Edinburgh again, so it's going to be quite busy, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, like you say, a really hectic schedule. Um, just wrapping up though with uh, with the Sheffield tonight, uh, back on on level points with Ipswich now, when those playoff positions really are in sight all of a sudden. Yep, no, it's good. I, I don't really understand. I don't, well, not that I don't understand it, but I don't look into all the league format and and uh, what we need to do and I just know that I need to win every race and so I'm just going to continue to do that and hopefully um, our team can perform what we did tonight. You certainly did that very well tonight. Well done, Josh. Thanks very much. Well, let's hear from Simon Stead now because the last few weeks we've spoken to him and he's been scratching his head a little bit really, I think, with uh, what what he can do to, to sort out the fortunes of Sheffield. He's made a couple of team changes and things certainly are a different story this week. Let's hear from Simon Stead with Ryan Guest. Finally, the uh, much-needed away win that you've been longing for. Yeah, and uh, not just a win, but um, yeah, I think we were pretty convincing. You know, when, when you look down... Uh, down the one to seven tonight, we had everybody doing their doing their job, and um, it was a really, really good, solid display. Um, one that I've always felt been in there. Um, we've just not, for one reason or another, been able to show our our true true form up until up until now. But I, I've always felt that this was, was something we were capable of. Perhaps a little bit of um, a bit more firepower at reserves really really helped, um, but. Really happy with a really solid team display. Yeah, just uh, not just a, another a league win as well, but also getting that fourth point that was up for grabs as well, and uh, a terrific ride from Josh Pickering in E15 to do so. Yeah, that, that that's really what we came here looking at, uh, not just a win, but if, if we were going to start and um, and progress our season, we, we need we needed to look at taking four points. Um, it's a great start to the week, obviously. Um, We've got Ipswich on Thursday, so start of a difficult week, uh, but four points on the board is a really good start. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, extra scoring power down at reserve as well. Obviously, brought Stefan Nielsen in to, to do a job and, and Daniel Hume in his first guest uh, appearance of the week as well. Um, probably the probably the first time this season as well where you have outscored the, the opposition counterparts. Yeah, that's right. and I, it's, uh, it's one of those things that we just... We, we, we felt we needed to strengthen. There was an opportunity to make a change that, that we felt would give us more more scoring power at, um, at a difficult position that we found difficult to find um, find cover for, uh, especially losing Josh so early. Um, so it's been sort of a bit of a bugbear and something that we've not really been, been able to cover very well, but uh, Stefan's just given us that strength and a uh, special men- mention to Daniel as well because he's, uh, he's, he's chipped in with some vital points. Yeah, um, great to see Jack Holder back from injury, obviously, but uh, one or two concerns over a couple of the other boys tonight. Well, we're, we're, the, we're the, the walking wounded uh, tonight, really. Uh, it's, um, you know, Jack's still not anywhere near fit. Um, so he's he's struggled through tonight, but but done the job that we know he's capable of. Um, Adam's obviously taken a knock. Um, Bash is in the medical room at the moment. Um, so we're the walking wounded. So the, the fact that we managed to get the job done um, under the circumstances uh, was, was testament to the rest of them because they really uh, they were really inspiring. Nevertheless, and just finally, uh, a big meeting now on, on Thursday. Uh, you, you have gone joint on points with Ipswich in the standings, and that just makes uh, Thursday's meeting even bigger at Foxhall. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I think every, every, when I look at the fixture list, every, every single fixture is, is sort of mouth-watering, isn't it? You're looking at every fixture thinking, you know, they could do it. Um, they could win there, they could win there. It's been topsy-turvy. 
Um, you know, the fact that we've performed better at, at King's Lynn than we did at, at our own place is, is um, bemusing, really. Um, but I think that'll change. I think home form will come. I think, uh, I think we're, we're better positioned with the team set up as we are now uh, to kick on and have better results everywhere. Well, well done on the first away win of the season tonight, Steady. Thanks very much. Sheffield's position in the league, um, as, as we mentioned there, really is, is slightly false, potentially, because they've got so many matches in hand on, on the teams around them. Obviously, they need to win those in order for that to be the case. What of Kings Lynn, though? Because they've ridden more meetings, they've made lots of changes, and they just can't seem to, to string um, any results together, can they? Yeah, it feels like Kings Lynn have been chasing their tail really ever since the opening night when they started started off really badly against Ipswich, then had that shocker against Wolverhampton. They have made several changes. I wouldn't rule out more to come there, if I'm honest, um, uh, as they go forward. But their their eyes are going to be on 2022. The big success, quite clearly, has been bringing in Richard Lawson, who I think they all accept should have been there from the word go anyway. Um, and, you know, there'd be no surprise to see him there in, in the future. As I say, it wouldn't surprise me if, if if they try something else because that's really all they can do. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, so it's a case of trying to trying to push forward and and, and see what what's there for the future. Um, funnily enough, their away form isn't that bad. They won at Ipswich. They came close at Ipswich. They came close at Sheffield. It's only at Peterborough where they got thoroughly demolished. Where they're going to go again on uh, on Thursday, but it's at home. And I, and I think some of the riders that have come in. Um, haven't got to grips with the track there at the Adrian Fox Arena, which is very grippy. Um, it's um, it's maybe it's maybe some of the people that have come in aren't really riders you'd associate with Kings Lynn. I think that's the way I'd, I'd, I'd look at it. Away they've not been too bad, but if you look at the home record, one win, which was spectacular against Bellevue, one win, six defeats. Um, that would suggest that the personnel, for whatever reason, hasn't quite clicked. Let's hear from the team manager at Kingsland. Then here's Alex Brady with Ryan Guest. After being on such a high against Bellevue and then a spirited performance at Ipswich, got to be disappointed with the performance and result against Sheffield. Yeah, it's tough to take the result. Um, I mean, the performance from a lot of the boys was very, very good. Um, but just unfortunately, we couldn't quite couldn't quite get out the starts in the in the crucial heats and couldn't quite make them count. But yeah, I mean, it's it is a tough one to take. Yeah. Sheffield, um, obviously, you've got to look at them as well. They, they've been able to reshuffle their order ahead of this one, brought in uh, some new reserves as well. Just just bad timing on that from Kings Lynn, I guess. Yeah, typical timing for us, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you have to ride what's in front of you. And you just as I said earlier on, we, we couldn't get out of the gates in a, in a lot of the heats. And, and as you can see, like half, the, half the meetings tonight were won from the gate. So, uh, yeah, it's something we're going to have to work on for sure. Yeah, I've managed to get some early heat winners in. Um, just couldn't find those those minor places, which, which are always so crucial. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you're absolutely right. We, um, we we had some good heat winners. Um, I think four of the first five are from from Kings Lynn, but you, you know we couldn't we couldn't pack the minor places. And as you say, crucial every meeting to win and just wasn't our night tonight yeah, a couple of the boys uh, when you look maybe at uh, Cameron Heaps in particular and, and Ricky Wells did, did really struggle for points tonight yeah Cam's going to strip the bike back find out what's going wrong he just couldn't get out the starts he had some good speed once he once he got out the starts but he just he couldn't get out there uh, and Ricky he, he found the track tough going tonight but popped out heat too looked good and yeah I'm sure it'll be a different rider at Peterborough on Thursday yeah Peterborough on Thursday as you've mentioned always a, an interesting uh, clash between the two clubs uh, as we saw earlier in the season at the, the East of England Arena and 
Um, I guess with everyone expecting to, to Peterborough to walk over Kings Lynn, that takes a bit of the, the pressure off you boys. Yeah, I mean, we, we perform at our best when people don't expect a lot from us. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, obviously a, a, a brilliant side and obviously, well, we've all Rick injured, but even with the six they've got, I mean, they're still a fantastic side. So we'll go there. We'll, we'll look to try and get something at the meeting and, and yeah, who knows what might happen. And thanks for speaking to us. Alan. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers, mate. Some late breaking news at the time of recording this that Kings Lynn have made a double team change ahead of Thursday's Premiership trip to Peterborough. The Miners and Brady Stars have brought in British finalist Ben Barker and club asset Casper Anderson as they reshuffle their lower order following the home defeat against Sheffield on Monday. Keith Chapman, Dale Allen, and Alex Brady held discussions late into the night after the meeting on Monday and took the decision to release Cameron Heaps and Ricky Wells from the team. Both riders have struggled for points around the Adrian Flux arena and the club have also been mindful of the fact that transfer deadline is fast approaching later this month. Moving at this time means that Heaps and Wells will be available to other Premiership sides in a reasonable time frame should they be of interest to anyone else. Stars Chiefs have made no secret of the fact that they've got an eye on the 2022 season now and contracts very much up for grabs. Anderson is a Kingsland asset who's been unfortunate in previous spells with the club in 2018 and 19 but uh, has also shown several encouraging signs, they say, in his championship racing for Berwick. And the Dane now has three home meetings to show that he can get to grips with the Adrian Flux Arena circuit. Well, what will happen next for Kings Lynn is they're racing Peterborough home and away. Uh, that's the next uh, two fixtures for them. And then they're uh, away at Wolves. So some tricky fixtures. And it was Wolves versus Peterborough on Monday night in the Premiership. A very close meeting and a first away defeat for Peterborough, who have been very strong, of course, through the course of this season. Still managed to claim a league point out of it. It finished 47-43. And considering the injury that they've had to, to Ulrich Ostergaard and how important he's been to the Peterborough team, I think um, both sides fairly happy with that. Uh, Peterborough happy with the point and um, Wolves happy with the three points and, and just managing to get that win over the line. Yeah, interesting meeting, interesting result for, for both sides there and I think they'll both be happy. Wolves keep the keep the clean sheet at home. Peterborough, as you mentioned, it's their first away defeat. They've had two home, defeat, home defeats to Bellevue. Their first away defeat, they get a point from it, but they show once again that they just aren't going to go away. And, and with the way that team is structured, it's a bad blow to have Ulrich Ostergaard out. Um, but at least the saving grace for them is this strong reserve they're always going to have. We've seen it with Ulrich himself. We saw it with Bomber. Now we're seeing it with Hans Anderson and whoever it is in September will doubtless be the same, whether it's Bomber again or whether it's Scott Nichols or whoever whoever goes down there are going to pile up massive numbers of points. And that is keeping Peterborough in meetings. They've been to Wolves now and only lost by four. They've been to Bellevue and drawn. Um, so that suggests that in a two-legged tie that they're going to go into in the playoffs, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Peterborough will look back at these last night is saying that they've beaten Wolves on aggregate. I know we don't have the bonus point anymore. In fact, I, I wish we did. I used to enjoy the aggregate bonus point. Um, but Peter beat Wolves quite comfortably at the showground earlier in the season in a really entertaining meeting. And then they've only gone down by four last night. So I think they'll be they'll feel that's a decent night's work and they've got people that can get around that track. And Wolves, yeah, Wolves keep on winning at home. It will take a very good team to get the better of Wolves round Monmore, it's just a question of whether they can click enough on the same night to give someone a hammering, which is what they've done when Wolves have good playoff campaigns. They tend to take the first leg at home first and build up a big lead in the first eight or nine races. It's happened numerous times, and that's what Pete Adams will be trying to do come, come September, October time.
Well, let's hear from Peter Adams right now. I think he's just pleased to to get through that meeting and uh, get the three points on the board, even though it was a little bit too close for comfort, perhaps. He's been speaking with Robin Allen. A very tough meeting for the Wolves. Yeah, we knew it would be. You know, they're a strong team, Peterborough, well in the the running for the title, I would say, and I haven't lost it away all season, but... uh, we had just about too much strength for him in the end, but it was touch and go, you know, with a, such a strong reserve as Hans Anderson. Now, you're looking at Sam Masters, another strong turn for him at number one with 11 points. Yeah, I would say um, Sam is probably the best rider in this league at the minute, and uh, yeah, he had a very good night. Shame about um, the last race where we thought the guy on one completely anticipated the start, otherwise. He might have had more points, but uh, now he's another very strong showing from him. And there's been some terrific races here at Monmore Green this season, and Key 10 was another one with a great battle between Fiani and Sam, and then Brock packing in for third. Yeah, a lot of very good races here tonight, and uh, same again, you know, last week against Bellevue. So, uh, yeah, we're delivering uh, top draw entertainment here at the minute and I think that's been reflected in the attendances. A lot of people want to see this young, exciting team of ours and um, we're intent on keeping our foot on the pedal. They certainly are keeping their foot on the pedal and of course finishing top of the league, a big priority for Peter Adams, not least because it gives them the choice of who they'll race against in the playoffs and uh, that's something that he's He's alluded to uh, in, in not just interviews today, but um, but interviews over the, the previous weeks of, of who they want to, to race against and who they want to avoid. Who do you think Peter Adams will pick? I think at the moment it's very early to say, bearing in mind you, you don't know what might happen in terms of injuries or any dramatic changes beforehand. Um, I suspect they, um, at the moment, may, maybe Sheffield because they've they've done okay at home against Sheffield. They had a, I know they had one, they had one big home win against Sheffield. Bellevue, Last week, uh, ran Wolves really close themselves. In fact, arguably should have won. They were eight points in front at one stage. So Wolves might try and avoid Bellevue. But having said that, they won at the National Speedway Stadium themselves. So it's going to be a close call. Um, Probably of the four at the moment, you might edge towards Sheffield. But then if Sheffield carry on the form that they're showing, then who knows? And, of course, there's no guarantee that Wolves will come top because... Bellevue and Peterborough both have both still got matches to go that they can affect that. Let's hear from the top scorer for Wolves last night and uh, somebody who has been pretty unbeatable and was certainly unbeatable around the National Speedway Stadium, in fact, a week or two ago. Sam Masters is speaking with Robin Allen. Yeah, it was hard. It shouldn't have been that hard, really. I think um, a few of the boys from the Peterborough team got away with a few flyers there and disadvantaged us at the time. In fact, I lost two heats and it was both from unsatisfactory starts in my eyes. But anyway, we got the win and I'm happy and all the boys dug deep, so stoked for the boys. And you look at Ryan Douglas and obviously he switched to reserve and it's it's bearing fruit for him now. Yeah, he, he had a little rough start the last week's start, start of the meeting and then he uh, come good at the end and he bring it on for today. So, um, that was awesome to see Ryan do well, and um, but everyone chipped in, scored their points, and good win against a tough team too. Yeah. And you're, you're now still unbeaten here at Monmore Green, which is great to to show that you really mean business this season. Touch wood, <laughs> we'll keep it that way. And um, we've had a lot of close meetings here, so we can't slip up, and we need to uh, keep keep it keep it rolling. So. Um, 
yeah, we've got a good bunch of good bunch of boys in our team, and we all get on well, and we're all working together good. So, um, hopefully, keep ro keep it rolling. And a little word on Leon Flynn. He's a rider that's shown a lot of promise, and he didn't give up at times. Nah, he's you can see he's doing awesome. There's no pressure on him. He's here to do to to learn really, and we're here to help him. So he's doing a good job, and he's only going to get better. He's got a good style. His bikes are always good. He's ready to go. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely a good little rider. And another bumper crowd here at Monmore Green. Good, yeah, that's awesome for the club, you know. Um, I know how much they were struggling early on when we had limited crowd, and um, it's, it's just awesome that everyone's coming out and supporting the club. Don't be alarmed. That was just an alarm in the pits. Um, do not adjust your sets. So next up for Wolves then, uh, as we mentioned earlier, they face Kings Lynn next Monday and then next Thursday they're away at Sheffield. So they've got a bit of time between their next fixtures. Coming up on No Breaks, No Fear, we're going to look at the championship and lots to look forward to this coming week and a couple of big fixtures for more than just on-track reasons, particularly for Birmingham and for Newcastle. We'll talk more about those. And we're going to hear a little chat with Craig Cook as well. Phil Lanning has been chatting with the former British champion about where he's at in life at the moment and maybe what has been the source of perhaps one or two of his problems on the track too. We'll hear from Craig Cook very soon on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Coming up on No Breaks, No Fear, we're going to have a chat with Craig Cook. Phil Lanning has been talking to the former British champion, and it's quite a revealing interview, and that's coming up in a few moments. First of all, let's look back on the Speedway Grand Prix series, which uh, continued last weekend and continues this weekend, in fact. Um, Roslav was the location on Friday and Saturday, and it was a double win for Bartosz Schmarschlik. Of course, watching it was Nigel Pearson. It was great to see the two British boys doing the business in the a wonderful speedway track and some fantastic racing. What about Bartosz Smarslik in the final on uh, Saturday night, right on the line? I posted um, a sarcastic tweet about how people say that speedway's first from the gate wins. Well, watch this. And it got quite a reaction, uh, interaction on social media. Uh, but back to Robert and Ty. I was delighted to see Ty Wuffenden uh, with his best performances so far. He's had injuries this season, of course. Um, and it was ironic that he just said he, uh, he pulled out an old engine from last season which worked well and it transformed his form so sometimes the answer is close to home and it's the simple things that can work for you uh, and I was delighted to see Ty doing what he did on Friday and Saturday night look more like his old self on Saturday in particular of course um, Friday was tough for him but certainly he's proved that he's still a world-class rider uh, and on his day can beat anybody. Such a shame that he scored 14 points in the five qualifying races on Saturday night, but then couldn't follow it up, could he, uh, in the semi-final? That's always a shame. Taking a bit of a gamble on gate positions, um, and that can be all important when it comes down to the crunch. So disappointing that his uh, five qualifying rides weren't rewarded, really, with the points that uh, his, his night's work really justified. But the encouraging signs there for are that he's getting better, he's improving, and hopefully plenty more to come. Now, what about young Robert? Brilliant stuff from Robert Lambert. Thomas Kaczynski in his pick corner. Now, uh, if you don't see the GP, uh, let me tell you that Kaczynski was a long-time ally of Thomas Gollop. He was his right-hand man, right man for many, many years, um, Thomas Kaczynski. 
and he is a fantastic plus for Robert Lambert to have in his pick corner. Um, it's only going to benefit him. Uh, Thomas rates Robert Lambert as a potential world champion of the future. He said that. He believes he's a world-class talent. Uh, and that can only benefit Robert to have that belief instilled into him from good people like Thomas Kaczynski as well. I do believe that he stepped, to, stepped it up a level, uh, Robert Lambert, to seem sponsored like he is by uh, big uh, blue-chip companies like Red Bull. Um, to see him part of the big time on the world stage, I think it's brilliant. And people at King's Lynn should feel extremely proud of the role they've played in that. I would just like to see you on restrictions ease. Travelling becomes a little bit easier. I just think it'd be nice if Robert could uh, go to King's Lynn one night and uh, just be introduced to the fans, do a lap of honour um, and things like that. I think that would be um, a great thing for King's Lynn because he won the European Championship and he's not been to King's Lynn since then. So I just think it'd be nice if we could uh, see him just for a lap of honour, if you like, um, in front of the King's Lynn crowd. He's going to have uh, a good remainder of the season, I'm sure, in the Grand Prix series. Uh, we move on again this weekend to another double header. But of course, whilst it's live on television, we should encourage you all to go and support your local track in the UK. Get right behind your Speedway team, wherever you are this weekend, and watch the GP when you get back, record it, um, and uh, enjoy the action on television when you get back from the meeting that you're going to. But well done to Robert Lambert. Good to see, see Ty riding so well too. Shame they're not going to be in the British final, but understandable with the travel and all the rest of it. But the British final lineup, in my opinion, is stronger than last year. Um, um, and I really can't wait. Live on Eurosport. Tickets available now for Bellevue. Go to the Bellevue website for Monday, August the 16th, the Sports Insure British final. So exciting times and uh, enjoy your speedway. It's Nigel Pearson and joining me in this episode as well is Dave Rowe. And Dave, um, in your job of reporting for the um, Speedway European Championships in the past, you've you've trekked across uh, Europe and, and been to some of these far-flung places in Poland. Tell us about Lublin, which is where the Speedway GP Series heads to this weekend coming. Yeah, they're going to uh, Lublin uh, this weekend for a double header. That's right on the eastern edge of, um, of Poland. Um, very ambitious club, Lublin, have, have come up through the leagues in the last few years and have been doing a lot of work uh, to the stadium and also to the surrounding area as well. It's uh, more and more westernised, that, that part of Poland now, compared to compared to how it was. So we went there for a an SEC round back in 17 and it got rained off and, we've, and the general feeling was there wasn't really enough um, enough kit there to make, this, make the track right when the rain had stopped. We went back there a couple of years later from on the 21 round and we saw the improvement. Now they're, now they're staging Grand Prix. It's not what I would call a classic Polish racetrack. It's not like a, a Roslav or a Torun or a Lezno. Um, it can be tricky, long straights, can be bumpy going into the bends. You won't quite see, I don't think, the action that you saw at, uh, at Roslav. Um, and it will be interesting too to see how Dominic Kibera rides the um the wild card. He did fast trapper when he gets going. He could take he could take some points off some of the uh, more fancied runners. Um, and in the game of the being a double header, you've got to get it right throughout throughout the weekend. If it all goes wrong on wrong on Friday, there's there's no time to uh, to really catch up with yourself. So two more rounds this weekend in Lublin. 
It's all go for those international riders. And uh, somebody who used to live that lifestyle, of course, was Craig Cook, who has um, been a Grand Prix rider in previous years. And this season currently is racing with Ipswich and Glasgow. But he started off life in the Premiership this season with Kings Lynn. And um, things there um, changed after a few weeks. Let's hear from Craig now, because I think it's been well documented that he hasn't necessarily lived up to his full potential over the last year or two. And maybe he's starting to put a finger on it. He's been chatting with Phil Lanning. Topsy-turvy start to the year was the season. You sort of got your old self again. Yeah, I started the swagger back. Yeah, I started to feel it. And, uh, yeah, we just did a few things, you know, even like uh, adjusting my diet as well. You know, I, was, I feel like really jittery, so we've taken a few things out of my diet. And, like what? You know, I'm not saying, but uh, yeah, just um, it, it just changed a few things with my diet, and it just helps me feel more composed. Um, like you know, I've obviously struggled with anxiety, and you know, down in the Ribena or something. No, but you, you know, things like that. You know, you just uh, you know, just adjusting things, and I feel a lot more composed, and you know, I'm not you know on edge all the time and, and waiting to go and yeah. full of beans so it helps it just helped me stay composed and, uh, and focused you said at the start of the season was it was it the anxiety and stuff you spoke was that down to lockdown and not riding last year was it a, or was it did you was it down to diet and just getting back into being a speed rider again oh it makes a lot of things and obviously jumping back on your bike after a year and a half is, you know it uh, feels a bit strange and obviously with the new tyre in the mix it made things very difficult but you know like, like I said we, we I work hard and uh, we come to Glasgow we've done a lot of testing and you know I felt good but you know um, I haven't been making starts you know I've been inconsistent but you know we changed a few couple of things before tonight looked at, looked at a couple of things and uh, yeah five unbelievable guests tonight and uh, I felt like I was a bike lender head bike length ahead of everybody every every day so is that the last uh, piece of the jigsaw because you your straight line speed seems better and you seem to be dying but is that the last thing when, when, you, when you're out in front you, you know that you can race the track how you want to race it you're not worrying about anybody else in front of you so uh, i don't feel 100 comfortable but you know I, i'm still not not overly keen on these tires um, but tonight's the last match on them anyway we go to the new one now so it's another thing to contend with but um, hopefully that will be better um, I did ride it at Peterborough on a, a very consistent service so it was difficult to tell but I, I'm you know I'm, I'm confident it will be better because uh, you know I'm not I'm not overly keen on this tyre you've said a lot in the past about your you, you've mentioned about your strength of mind and what you've had to deal with whatever you've shown this season considering what you've had to go through and all the ups and downs the strength of mind you have got and it's maybe something that you don't probably take on board that you are strong and you've, the yeah. way you come back from the King's Lynn situation and the way you're riding for Ipswich now you must be must be something inside that's held you done well yeah I have done well you know and uh, I look back and you know I've made a lot of mistakes in my time during Speedway and you know I always go back to the Eastbourne incident and uh, you know I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want anyone to get that impression of me more you know, I, you know, I feel a bit embarrassed about the whole situation. So, um, you know, I just want to be be a better person and uh, be an ambassador for Speedway and uh, eventually pass my knowledge down to other kids and uh, try and help them. And yeah, you know, I, I felt like an idiot, and uh, you know, it's not great for the sport. You know, and uh, you know, I, I was disappointed in myself and the way, way I reacted. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, I don't want to be that person anymore. And you know, obviously, 
I am sorry for all these both on fans and, and everyone that's seen that, you know, because it's not match the season. But what, yeah, what's just, changed? What's changed for you? Why? Because you said that you don't feel that person anymore. You don't want to be that sort of. You don't have that fire in you that maybe is what. Do you know what? Do you know what's changed? You, you, well, that, I was maturity. All, I was, to be honest, yeah, it, probably a little bit of maturity, but you know, a lot of it is, is being my uh, my diet and, and the way I was feeling inside. Um, you know, you know, I don't. I don't quite know what it is, but you know, I need to something I need to have a look at the window and get some tests done and see what's going on because you know, I tend to eat certain foods and not feel very well and feel jittery and, and on edge. So um, yeah, I just feel a lot more composed in myself, able to you know think clearly. You know, I've got a, a clear mind, and uh, you know, it's not nice when you feel when your body feels shaky and you feel on edge you know you feel jittery and that's what led to the anxiety so well you are what you eat they say yeah exactly so you know we've, we've been tweaking things over the past few few months and uh, I'm starting to feel a lot better myself feel feel strong feel composed and happy you know because you know when you're on an edge all the time and you, you can't sleep and uh, you feel jittery it's, it's become you become aggravated and uh, you're tired the next yeah, day and you, you feel everything gets on top of you it's constant fatigue and you know mm-hmm. and you know I felt like over the past few years you know this has been going a long time so mm-hmm. we've been uh, you know it's something that I've looked at this year and you know it's making a massive difference I feel so much more composed happier myself and the mental clarity I have right now is, is fantastic I'm able to think clearly and you know, everything's uh, never a problem. I put everything in perspective, and uh, yeah, I just feel extremely happy right now. I'm, you know, clear and feel really good. Great stuff. It's Craig Cook speaking with Phil Lanning. It can't be great if you're lining up for a race and not feeling 100% on yourself, you know, physically or mentally. And, and if there's a cause for that, then surely that's that's got to be something that you can look to, to, to fix and that will help your performance. Dave Rowe is with us. Dave, what did you, do you make of that chat with uh, Craig Cook and Phil Lanning there? It's a really interesting chat and it's an interesting point. And I think uh, perhaps over the last 18 months, two years or so, in general, people may be under a bit more now the importance of simple things like eating and sleeping and and, and and being being healthy not not just healthy diet healthy healthy mind everything else and there must come a point where it all it all boils up um obviously sleeping um we know speedway riders have enormous schedules and whether you're flying or driving or whatever sometimes you're sleeping in difficult places or not sleeping much or you're eating the wrong things um and it doesn't surprise me that people are looking at that now in more detail. And I think there'll be more work that goes into that, as he, as he hinted, during the winter, because these little things, they all add up and they probably then make the difference that, that create those extra tents or whatever when you get on track in such an ultra-competitive sport. But it's, I think it's a good point. It's, I think it's more than, I think more than about just speedway. It's about life in general. And I think, again, with the, with the pandemic and how we've all recovered from that, or hopefully have, um, it, it's about life as well and the way people react to different circumstances. So it's an interesting chat with Craig there. And as well, I think when fans see a, a speedway rider not performing, they, they put it immediately down to you know poor equipment or they haven't set their bike up right or it just being something as black and white as that. Whereas 
you know, you've got to bearing in mind there there are human factors in, involved, aren't there? You know, and as you say, there's so many things that can affect that. You don't know what's going on in any speedway rider's life. You know, they might have been they might have a young baby and been up all night. <laughs> you know, it could be something as simple as that. It yeah. could be the fact that they don't feel very well for whatever reason. You know, there's so many things that can affect the performance of of, of a, any sportsman, and um, speedway being one of them. Yeah, and you can, everyone can have a bad day at work. Um, I'm sure I've had, and, and I'm sure you have as well at some point. And unfortunately, or the nature of professional sport is that if you have a bad day at work, it's happening in a very public place. Um, if, you have a, if you're in an office to have a bad day at work, well, you probably hide away and, um, and no one knows too much about it. But if, if you're on track in front of X number of people or you're on TV, that is there for the world to see and also for the world to talk about on on social media shortly after. Now, everyone knows that, that you, you go into that with your, your eyes open, you, you know that's going to happen, um, but it sometimes doesn't make it any easier to deal with. So um, there's all sorts of factors that could go just beyond mechanical issues or whatever. There's so much more on the human side. And again, maybe people are beginning to get a bit more understanding of that um, and, and maybe a bit more tolerant of it as well. It's going to be a very busy week for Craig Cook because um, in action on Monday, but also we're back in action on Thursday, Ipswich versus Sheffield. And then on Friday, Glasgow versus Scunthorpe. The very best of luck to Craig Cook. Another team who've got a busy week are the Pool Pirates, who um, has to be said, Dave, they're, they're thundering through the championship at the moment. I don't think anyone uh, in the sport will be surprised to see where Pool are or where they potentially could be when they've raced the, the matches in hand. Don't forget they were hampered themselves by by the COVID restrictions. They took the decision to not run many home matches until the restrictions were were removed and they've got a busy home schedule to come. They were mega impressive home and away against Leicester, who are again one of the strongest teams in the league. You aren't you, you can't win at Leicester without being a very good team. And they did. Then they beat Leicester convincingly at home last Wednesday. These Edinburgh meetings are going to be really, really interesting because Edinburgh are a form team as well. I would think both of them will be in the playoffs could meet again. Um, but interesting last week was that all the, or most of the big head-to-heads between the Heat leaders against Leicester, they went Paul's way uh, with two teams that are built in quite a similar fashion. And that's going to be the case again this week with when you put together people like Danny King, Roy Schlein, Stevie Worrell up against people like Sam Masters, Richie Worrell, so a brotherly clash there, and Josh Pickering. Um, Paul the Edinburgh home and away. Definitely, if you're in those areas, those are going to be matches definitely to watch. Well, let's hear from Stefan Nielsen right now, who's uh, one of the pool riders, but also uh, one one of the two pool riders who have uh, hooked up with Sheffield this last week. Uh, Stefan Nielsen um, is uh, in the in the side as a uh, reserve, and um, Danny and Hume, who we're going to hear from in a sec, has also um, joined them for a few matches at the moment as well. Uh, first of all, here is Stefan. He's with Ryan Guest. Well, Stefan Nielsen, uh, we've just moved into August, um, but finally bagged yourself a, a Premiership team place once again with. Sheffield, uh, what was your thoughts when you got the call? Obviously super excited. Um, I, I said in a couple of interviews this year that I wanted a, a top league spot in the Premiership and uh, yeah, better late than never. No, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Sheffield team obviously on the brink of the playoffs so we're uh, yeah, a, a job to be done now and uh, make sure we make it into there and then you know, if we hit the playoffs anything can happen from there. So uh, yeah, exciting times ahead and I'm just looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah, one of the things uh, team boss Simon Stead has reiterated time and time again is the the need for points from reserve. Obviously, that's where you're coming in and, and slotting into the team. So um, he certainly feels you're, you're a man who can can deliver these extra points that the Tigers desperately need right now. Yeah, um, 
obviously replacing James Wright. I've rode with him the last couple of meetings because he's been guesting for Paul. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Everyone wants the points, and uh, yeah, it's not going to be any easy races. But I feel confident. I've had a good start to the year. Feels I, I keep saying start to the year, but it's been a good good year so far. And uh, yeah, I'm just hopefully I can carry that on as. A lot of the same riders in these leagues anyway, like Championship, Premiership, there's not a huge difference. So same sort of riders I'll be riding against and I'm yeah, just looking forward to getting stuck in and uh, showing what I can do. It's, uh, it's one, of those, one of those moments where I've been waiting for an opportunity, I've now got my opportunity and it's now time for me to show what I can do. Yeah, as you've kind of touched upon as well, um, the, the general consensus seems to be that Sheffield haven't quite fulfilled the potential that uh, many thought that this team would have. Uh, that They are gradually making changes. The, the, the management and promotion never rest on the levels there as well. And um, I, I think you're over the same viewpoint that there is plenty more to come from this side. Yeah, there is. Um, obviously, I've, I've, I've seen the reports that like everyone else that there's a few of the top-end riders that have been struggling a little bit and... Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Speedway can be really tricky at times, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a good group of lads. There, obviously, the potential there is is high, and we've got a good team. So I'm looking forward to gelling with them and uh, yeah, getting to know them a little bit better on and off the track. And uh, yeah, hopefully, we can uh, pull, all pull together and uh, get some wins on board. Stefan Nielsen there, uh, Paul Ryder, but um, now one of the reserves for the Sheffield Tigers. And um, obviously Sheffield um, had a, a great trip to Kings Lynn at the start of this week. And um, they've got more fixtures with their next trip uh, back to East Anglia, visiting Ipswich later this week. And of course, uh, in between time, Poole have got a very busy time as well. So it's going to be a very busy few days for Stefan Nielsen because then they're heading on a bit of a northern tour, as we'll hear in a bit, visiting um, Berwick and uh, Newcastle, uh, amongst others. And also uh, on that mission will be Danian Hume, who's also been speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Danian Hume, uh, the 2021 season for yourself so far with the Poole Pirates, it's uh, been something of a breakthrough season would you say uh, yeah I have I've really been enjoying my riding and um, it's been shown on track um, it was a long winter for everyone obviously the Covid uh, put a stop to us racing in uh, 2020 so yeah I just hit the gym and put all my time and effort into preparing my bike and myself and yeah this year I've just really been enjoying my riding and my time with Paul yeah I've uh, been enjoying it and uh, you always have had that self-belief that you really could kick on haven't you uh, yeah it's one of those things I always aim high in the sport and it feels like I'm slowly stepping the ladder now. And, um, yeah, with this opportunity I've got tonight and Thursday, I'm just going to grab it with both hands and, and show that I'm capable of doing a job. Yeah, we'll come on to that shortly. Um, just talking about that pool team, though, obviously a, a lot of experience with Danny King, someone you know really well, uh, Rory Schlein, Steve Worrell as well. Um, do you think that their experience has helped you so far this year? Oh, massively, yeah, especially um, Danny. From uh, when I first started out, he was always in the background, so... To, I was obviously with him with Ipswich um, early days and then yeah with him at Paul this year um, and Rory as well as with him at Ipswich I, I just everyone just bounce off everyone and we'll talk and it's a good group of lads and yeah it's grabbing the experience they've got with both hands and yeah pushing on with my career myself yeah, after a, a difficult start to the season for, for the Pirates, obviously having to delay the home meetings because of the COVID restrictions. Um, in recent weeks, everything seems to be coming together. It was a, a terrific win at Leicester a couple of weeks ago um, and then followed it up nicely at home with the win over the Lions as well. Uh, yeah, that was a, a big win, especially away at Leicester. Um, I heard that they weren't being, I think it was two or three years at home. So to go there with Paul and 
we didn't have Ben Cook with us either, and we had Alfie, uh, um, a guest at number two. Um, so yeah, there were good two guests to come in, um, and to get the win there was fantastic. And all the boys are buzzing, and we just took that on to the Wednesday meeting, and yeah, finished the job off. Yeah, this is a, a massive week for the Pirates now. Uh, Edinburgh at home on on Wednesday, and then uh, three meetings in three days on the Northern Tour over the weekend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, obviously it's going to be hard prepping the bikes, but. Uh, yeah, it's one of those, just got to get on with it. And yeah, this week's extremely busy for me. Obviously, tonight um, I'm here, Wednesday at Pool, Thursday at Switch, Friday Edinburgh, Saturday Berwick, Sunday Newcastle. But I wouldn't change it. I love love doing what I'm doing. And yeah, it's time on the bike, and hopefully, I can improve. Yeah, and we're speaking ahead of uh, Kingsland Sheffield on, on Monday night. Uh, you've got a guest booking at reserve. Got another one for the Tigers at Ipswich on Thursday. And uh, promoter of Sheffield, Damien Bates, has, has openly said if you impress in these two meetings, then you could be slotted in uh, potentially as the rising star for the remainder of the season. Yeah, so I've just got to go out there and improve myself, enjoy my racing, what I've been doing, um, remain positive. And yeah, I've got Gary on the spanners, and he's, he's been doing a good job this year. So. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it and yeah, I just want to prove a point and hopefully get another job. Fingers crossed and we certainly wish you all the best, Dan. Cheers, mate. Thank you. There's Danny and Hume speaking with Ryan Guest and um, Dave Rowe is with us in this episode and in the championship, um, it has been confirmed now the top six will be the um, teams in the playoffs and you'd have to say that you'd fancy Poole, certainly on current form, to, to certainly be one of those, even though they've started later. They're certainly making up for lost time, aren't they? The, the rule book always was um, for the, the top six. That was what was agreed at the AGM in 2019 when it became clear there'd be 12 clubs in the, in the championship. They went top six. There was some talk because of the, uh, the the late start to the season and the possibility of further delays about that going to top four. But that rule book has not been, there's, no, there's been no additional uh, rule book amendments made, no supplementaries issued. So we are at top six with um, the top two straight to the semifinals and third to sixth racing in the quarters. Um, and the top six as they currently stand are looking good. Although I would certainly say Eastbourne will have something to say about that uh, if they can get some away wins. Paul are going to be there. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that because it's not just what the top three have done there. It's what they're getting elsewhere. They've just signed um, Danish rider Benjamin Basso who will make his debut this weekend. But it was great to hear from, from Daniel Hume there, a rider who has been desperate for a chance at this level, uh, desperate for a club to take a chance on him and stick by him. And it doesn't surprise me at all that now that somebody has stuck by him, he's showing what he can do. Um, he came through at Birmingham in the, in the National League a few years ago. He's had bad luck with injuries, but the ability has always been there. And he's been one of these riders who's unfortunately been shifted around team places at the higher level and never got the chance to settle. But now he has got that chance. He's showing what he can do. He's, he's winning important races for Paul. Well, um, Poole versus Edinburgh on Wednesday and then it is that northern tour for the Poole Pirates as they head up to um, Edinburgh for the return on Friday, Berwick on Saturday, Newcastle on Sunday, which we'll talk more about um, very soon. Um, one team in the championship who are desperate for people to attend this week of all weeks is the Birmingham Brummies who put out a rallying cry to all their supporters, telling them that really, you know, unless we get enough people through the turnstiles and the level of attendance dramatically increases that this club 
could be in trouble, which is not something you want to see. I know, Dave, that you are involved with Birmingham in that you you one of the announcers there. You've been there a long time. And uh, these are not scenes we want to see in Speedway, are they? We, we don't want clubs um, finding themselves in, the, in, in this position in the first place, ideally. But uh, we want the crowds through the doors to, to, to support the clubs and keep Speedway very much alive. Yeah, I have, obviously, I, I declare investors' interest because I've been involved there um, since they reopened, basically, in, in 2007. I've seen all manner of ups and downs there over 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 a decade now, including the, the mid-season shutdown in, in 14, which, you know, I could quite quite safely say was largely down to promotional ineptitude. Um, things are different uh, at the moment, and things have been very tough for Birmingham. Um, obviously, on the debit side, there was the... The opening night when they raced against Redcar in track conditions that that, that weren't right, um, the track is now much improved. Um, the last meeting they rode, ironically against Redcar, the racing was excellent, uh, albeit it was a bit too dusty on that night because it was absolutely boiling hot. Well, thankfully it's not as boiling hot now, so I don't think there'll be that issue. There's been a lot going on against Birmingham this season, against the home matches, not least the development work around the stadium, um, roadworks everywhere. People probably, I'm not going to use the word excuse, but people are thinking of reasons not to go. All the restrictions that stop people from paying cash at the turnstiles. They do have an older older generation of public who wouldn't have been wanting to, to book online. So it's been tough for them. But as you say, the restrictions are clear. They're gone. People can pay on the gate. Um, the, club, the club needs the supporters. And I know... There are fans from other clubs who are planning to go to Perry Bar on Wednesday night. I hope they'll get a reaction on, on Wednesday. I think they probably will. Um, it, it then goes beyond that, of course, because there's several more meetings to come. Um, and it, this is the kind of appeal, and I'm sure we'll touch on Newcastle shortly. This is the kind of appeal you can only really make once. Um, they've laid the cards out on the table. They've said what the situation is. We don't want to see clubs. We saw Somerset, basically. Somerset were the, effectively the first victims of COVID. Um, we don't want any more. Um, and certainly Birmingham, their reopening has been more difficult than most. So let's hope they get the reaction they want tomorrow and in the weeks to come. Let's hear from one of the co-owners now of uh, Birmingham Speedway. Lawrence Rogers has been speaking with Ryan Guest. It is a, a very big night for us here. Um, we need to get people in. We, you know, Without uh, saying any more than has been said by David in the press releases, yeah, we've got not enough people coming to the, the turnstiles, and you know we're missing a lot of the uh, older generation and the younger ones as well. The kids don't seem to be coming at the moment, whether that's you know because of COVID, whatever. You no know, parents keeping them in, but uh, the, the attendances have been um, dramatically lower than they were in 2019, and that's caused a great problem for Peter and David. Yeah, understandably, the, the press release, the statement that went out last Wednesday night was uh, uh, very concerning. David Mason was, was totally open. If, uh, if Wednesday's attendance isn't good enough, then uh, they could face a, a difficult decision to, to have to close the club, potentially. They would have that decision to make, yes, but um, hopefully things will improve on Wednesday and we can uh, you know, look forward to uh, finishing this season off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wednesday uh, against uh, Kent, the visitors. Um, look at their lineup. They've brought in Troy Batchelor. They've got Scott Nichols as well. Um, so certainly an, an attractive opposition. Yeah, very solid-looking team now. You know, Troy has definitely been uh, getting that average down well to get back into, into the championship. And you know, we knew Kent were looking at him, and they announced today, and they've got a good young kid in Jake Milford as well coming in, who's been scoring points 
Yeah, um, and just going just going back to the actual uh, night itself, the occasion. It's uh, it's kids go free. There's going to be uh, lots going on. Centre green experience for for supporters as well. Um, and like you say, just just need people there. There, there does seem to have been a, a good response, but now it's it's time for people to um, put the money where the mouths is and, and turn up on the terraces on Wednesday night. Yes, very much so. And you know, I've had a lot of messages saying we've been talking to our friends, our family. Um, people are going out, you know, getting people to come along. We need them to do that. But we also need the old regulars back again. You know, COVID isn't gone, we know. But things are safer now. People are double vaccinated. You know, please get there. You know, you know it's your club. Do you want to lose it? Lawrence Rogers then, they're um, just reiterating what we've been saying, really. Uh, they need people to come through the gates. They've got wage bills, obviously, for not just the riders, but for for other things as well, and the upkeep of the stadium, and paying members of staff, and and all these things. And um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of money has has gone into the club via a um, a, a, a GoFundMe um, page, but of course that was to replace the the equipment that they lost in the the fire and the vandalism that that they that they had um, before the start of the season as well. So. Really, if you can make it down to to Birmingham, if you're in the area, make a special trip and and support them. And uh, and and as well as that, you you get um, you get the dulcet tones of Dave Rowe thrown in at no extra charge as well. So that's that's got to be uh, that's got to be an extra added value, as we'd call it. But that's an interesting way of putting it. But uh, yes, it's me and uh, myself and Ryan guest on the on the mic. And yeah, we just we we try and yeah, we, hopefully it'll be a good night um, and hopefully it'll be entertaining and it's a good. When prepared right, and, and Dixie Dean doing, doing a good job on the track now, uh, it is a good fair racetrack. Kent, as we know, an attractive side. So let's hope they, let's hope everyone at Birmingham gets a good night. And in many ways, actually, the the final score on Wednesday is not is not the big story. The story is is whether there's enough people there. Surely, I've always wondered why Birmingham Speedway cannot attract a crowd in su- in such a big city when you've got you've got massive other sports clubs in the area, especially who aren't playing games at the moment. Um, surely that club can break even, and, and that has got to be that's got to be the minimum hope. Well, the best of luck there to to them and everybody involved with Birmingham, and also as we mentioned there, we touched on Newcastle. Newcastle have got uh, a big weekend. They've issued a, a similar warning, really, to uh, for fans to to make that trip to Bruff Park. We know the situation that Newcastle have had. They've had a lot of problems with since uh, since the takeover of uh, from the previous promotion. Really, uh, Rob Grant has has had uh, problems, and then of course um, COVID. Of, happened and the restrictions which meant that they couldn't get as many people into the to the stadium as as possible which we we know about from from many other clubs as well but again same thing the the, the restrictions are now lifted and to get down there and support them and actually you get two meetings this sunday they're in action um newcastle versus pool and then newcastle versus plymouth uh, straight after it so it's two meetings back to back four o'clock for the first one against pool and then six o'clock versus plymouth to uh, really get your uh, your bang for your buck and um, and get down there and, and support Newcastle and and see some of the some of the best riders in um, in the league as well. You'd have to say. Yeah, I must admit, I was surprised and and impressed when I saw the um, the pricing structure. I know generally people don't like double headers uh, supporters uh, and promoters. Double headers basically provide double the cost and also. Um, you know, some, sometimes they've been known to drag on in the past, but I'm sure that Newcastle will be hoping that doesn't happen. But then when I saw the uh, the pricing structure, I saw £20 
the double header. You have to say that's outstanding value. Uh, it's probably a, a gamble to an extent from a Newcastle promotion to say, well, let's let's try and get a crowd in at a, a reasonable um, attendance charge uh, for for that double header. It, it is phenomenally good value, twenty pounds for those for those thirty races. Um, and as you say, a statement that's quite similar to to Birmingham. The circumstances are a bit different. They are the stadium is owned by. Um, the same group as Birmingham. They have been similar, um, subject to similar restrictions. Um, the issue with Newcastle was, I think, more surrounding the takeover, and they basically admitted that they had to take the club over twice. And a lot of the money that went into the, the first takeover was lost um, for all sorts of reasons, which we can't go into. Uh, and that, eventually, that that is going to have a massive, massive, um, a, a massive effect on, on your business. They quite clearly built a team this year that was down that was supposed to be affordable um it's won home matches okay it lost to um it, it lost to a strong team a couple of weeks ago but it's won i think three home matches so far so it, it, it's competitive at home there's no question about that um there'll be some great stuff on show on sunday when you look at the the riders that are coming as as visiting riders and can the home team turn them over um so yeah it's great value and again i hope for rob grant and, and the promotion there that they do get the crowd they need because if they don't, then then you wonder where where it's going to go. And, and we do not want clubs leaving the sport at all, but we certainly don't want clubs leaving the sport mid-season. So let's just hope it works out for them at Newcastle. Good luck to them. Yeah, so um, that's Sunday, Newcastle versus Poole. And uh, we've, we've, we've already talked about how strong Poole are. So it's going to be a, a, a big one there. And of course, with... Um, with Steve Worrell and, um, and and the likes involved, they've, they've got quite a bit of uh, experience uh, riding around Newcastle, so that's going to be an interesting one. And then uh, Plymouth, of course, uh, as it stands, Jason Crump um, is due, at the point of recording this, is due to make his comeback for Plymouth tonight. So we're doing this on the Tuesday, so that, that was the plan. So if all goes well, maybe you'll get to see Jason Crump in that uh, in that meeting as well, uh, along with um, Bjarne Pedersen. So um, some potential great value, because Bjarne Pedersen, a bit of a Newcastle legend from uh, from way back when. So um, lots in there for for Newcastle fans, um, not just for the, the the home team, but some of the visiting riders are uh, are ex uh, ex Newcastle Diamonds uh, as well. So that's um, a, a couple of teams who desperately need your support, but all Speedway teams need your support. So there's plenty to go at over the course of the season and uh, next we're going to have a look at um, Mildenhall who were fairly delayed getting their season up and running but they are gradually getting there now we're going to hear from a couple of their riders we'll hear from Elliot Kelly and we'll hear from Jason Edwards next on No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Dave Rowe, and uh, we're just going to turn our attention to one of the National Development Leagues to round things off in this episode. We're going to look at Milden Hall because they have a funny old start to the season, haven't they, Dave? Um, it's taken them a long time to to really get anywhere. Sort of start of July before I think they've got any any league meetings um, on the board with one thing and another. But they are gradually getting there now, and um, they're up against Bellevue this Sunday. I, uh, I probably cursed Milton Hall because I, I made them my pick for the uh, the title. They're, they're the one, the one standalone team in the uh, National Development League. I thought the team they put together was uh, was excellent. They've had a couple of injuries. They've had postponements of home matches. They've had home matches where it's poured with rain 
at the start. So it's been a, a tale of bad luck so far. Um, but uh, a very attractive side indeed, and led led by uh, led by Jordan Jenkins and, and Jason Edwards. They got a win on the board um, last weekend against Armadale. And uh, yeah, we, we we talk about um, the, the developing riders of the future. There's plenty in that Bellevue side too. So uh, again, anyone with um, with time on their hands on Sunday to get down to West Road because there's plenty of good riders on show there. Let's hear from one of the Milden Hall lineup now, Jason Edwards. He's had a funny old week, um, such is the life in Speedway, released by Eastbourne and then signed by Plymouth. And uh, here he is speaking with Robin Allen. Jason... Your first meeting done at, at Milnor for, for 2021, so what are your thoughts on that? No, it's just all I can say is it's brilliant to be back. Um, we had, it was spitting, then it got a bit heavier, and I knew what happened a couple of weeks ago here, and I'm thinking, oh, please don't be the same type thing. And credit to Greg and everyone that does the track, they prepared it all for the rain, and they knew what was coming, and a little bit of watering, natural, bit of whatever they chose and no it was just brilliant to get the meeting on and then after the first four races it all turned over and probably the best the track's ever been so no it was like I say for me I just feel like it's been so stop starty stop starty we're in August now and we don't seem to have had many racing so um, no like I say it's just brilliant to be get um, get going again and it's a good way for Mildenau to kick off their home home campaign. Now you've had a bit of a difficult week because you, you've gone from having a championship team to to then end yeah. up not having a team and then doing some some guest bookings and then you're back into the, the national league so is it for you just to get back racing and get back winning races and, and getting some confidence i think like regardless of where you're riding for whatever it's always get as many meetings as you can and never turn as any down if you can and obviously there will be some times where you can't do it but like for me, obviously I got dropped from Eastbourne and they made their changes and did that type of thing. But immediately after that, I got two guest bookings. We're here today and I've had three meetings in three days. And I don't think I've even had two on the trot this year. Then, like, like I say, we're in August and it just don't seem to make sense. But for me, like I've gone off. I had a really good meeting last night at Leicester and to bring on it again today. And I'm just enjoying my race and I'm enjoying riding. And it was just real fun to be back with everyone. Like I haven't seen them all for a while. It's been. I keep looking at updates, see how they're all doing, and it's never nice to miss a meeting when you feel like you could contribute something, whatever that may be. But it's just fun to be riding. It's fun to be racing, and it's fun to be back here. Now, the conditions, as we were saying, wasn't the easiest, but there was some ding-dong battles going on today, and it, and it was some really good racing amongst both teams. Yeah, well, like, I've never really been a number one in the National League. See you later. I've never really been a the number one, and I'm thinking, oh, Number one, I got to go out and heat one. It's a bit, bit slushy, bit wet, and but like I say, after the first couple of races, it all turned over and it really um, came good in the end. And like even like heat 13 didn't quite go my way, but we're trying and nipping and tucking. And even like 15, I just got there in the end. And they're the type of races you want. And yeah, the st- forget the start part. After that, it's it's just it's just like I say, it's brilliant because a heat 13 and 15 in national leagues and a heat two in the championship. And they're the type of races that you need to be doing to be getting better. And yeah, like coming off over the finish line, and then suddenly all the um, people at the bar they start cheering. And yeah, you can't beat that feeling. And like I say, it's just the coolest thing to be back. 
And of course, for a lot of the Mildenhall faithful, uh, their their season, as I say, has been uh, affected with one thing and another, and they're only just really getting going now, which seems bizarre to say in you know, July, August that that's the case, but that's the situation with Mildenhall. They're playing catch-up, a bit like pool. Uh, but Jason Edwards there, um, released by Eastbourne, but then signed by Plymouth this last week as well. So um, he's getting his championship meetings in too. A surprise, that one. Um, sometimes uh, when you hear about um, team changes, you... You kind of get a vibe. You kind of know they're coming. And, and to be honest, the um, the move from Eastbourne to replace uh, Jason Edwards with Nathan Ablett did come somewhat out of the blue. And that's nothing against Nathan Ablett, who's impressed me a couple of times. I've seen him in the National League so far this season. But Jason Edwards is regarded very much as one of the uh, big developing talents. So it was surprising to see uh, Eastbourne release him. And they, they did mention that uh, they felt he was suffering from a, a lack of confidence. Um, I saw him make a, a guest appearance for Birmingham at Leicester last weekend and really gave it a go in difficult conditions uh, was impressive Um, and as you say going in now at Plymouth who I think have now had four riders in that position at the Rising Star um, hopefully this will give them the the solution to that that role Um, and I I look forward to seeing hopefully some good scores from Jason in the weeks to come As I mentioned about Mildenhall the riders there um, the ones that just ride for Mildenhall have probably not had a lot of action elsewhere Elliot Kelly is one of those riders who appears in the second halves at Redcar but um, Mildenhall very much is his main team he's uh, a Kings Lynn asset but hasn't been racing with with them um, so far this season and um, great that Mildenhall announced now finally getting moving and um, he's able to get some of that confidence back. Yeah, I finally got that sort of the excitement I had a couple of years ago. I mean, over the winter we've upgraded the bikes, everything, and I've been I've been sort of struggling. But I think you look back in 2019, I turned up on bikes that were falling apart, and I'd still go out and enjoy myself. I'd score good points. Have some. I just ride with that aggression that I've got back now. I just it's been missing for the last sort of all of 2020 and this year. It's been, oh well, I'm back. Do you think it, it was just, just the point that you, you had that that long gap of pretty much doing nothing other than you did some in the British Youth last year? I think all it is. I mean, you can blame it on whatever really. So I look back and you think everyone's had a year out. Like I think I've had a lot more riding. In 2020, the most people did. Unless you're going abroad and racing Poland or practicing in France or whatever, then no, it's just. I think it's literally just been in my head. I haven't enjoyed it, and now I, I see that the problem's been within me. It sort of gives us that sort of realization that I know it wasn't the bike. I can't blame anything. It's just myself. And how good was it to to have? John Armstrong in, in the pits today helping you and, and just having his experience. Like. Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, no no one knows, especially Mildenall, no one knows Mildenall like John does, but he's ridden every track in the in the country more times than I've been. Woken up on a morning, you know what I mean? He's, he's got that sort of experience. Where he's looked today. I think we've made one change to the bike all day, and that was it. And the rest of it was just guidance, sort of changing the way I ride. I think once we've sorted the way I ride the bike out, then we'll start making changes to the bike and pushing for more setups and stuff like that. And how did you find conditions? Uh, obviously, we had the rain beforehand that, that didn't make it easy, but the track seemed to, to hold up pretty well. Yeah, I think the first ride was all, always going to be a bit sketchy, but um, after that, it's probably genuinely the best I've ever seen the track. 
absolutely brilliant. Oh, they've, they've done such a good job with the stocks yesterday and the bangers or whatever they had on. No, I mean, now that is just, it's just turned out beautiful in the end. Just that sort of, just the right amount of dirt where you've got that opportunity to go around somewhere. You can use the track, basically. I mean, do, do you almost sort of feel like this is the start of the season now? For yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, forget about the other three meetings. This is, this is the first one of the year now. Back down at reserve next week, so uh, yeah, hopefully some bigger points to come. And the good thing is, as well, with you switch down to reserve, you, you could end up getting the more rides, and obviously the more rides that you get, the potential to build your confidence up again. Yeah, that's what it's like. If any of the lads are struggling, I'll, I'll be always hopefully in contention for, a, for another ride. So, I mean, that's what I miss. I think I've, in the last couple of years, I've had no riding really. I mean, I'll do me meetings and that's it. But no time for practice with work. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just going to be bang on. I mean, I loved the odd meeting where you get like six, seven rides. You come away and you look and you're like, oh, I've scored 14 points here. And, you look, and then you realise you've, you've had seven rides. As Elliot Kelly, he also made an appearance at the British Under-21 final at Redcar as well as one of the track reserves. And um, one of those riders that's coming through, certainly one for your radar, um, watch that name. And of course, the you know the whole lockdown and things of 2020 maybe set him back a little bit. But um, he certainly seems to, be, uh, seems to be a lad who's, who's got his head screwed on and um, is looking to make some, some big waves in British Speedway soon. Yeah, and there were several riders that obviously the, the, the lack of racing in 2020 was going to hamper everyone, but especially for the boys that came through for their their first season in 2019. So they got that year's experience on the board. In the case of Elliot Kelly, he had some, some really good scores that year in 19, got himself an average. Then the, the National League went in a slightly different direction for this year. Um, so he found himself in the top five um, and not easy with the lack of racing. But I think the, the more laps he does, He's definitely one to watch out for um, in the future. And, and that's uh, and Mildenhall do do a great job in developing young riders. There's, there's a long list down, down the years that they've done so. And it's really good to see that they'll be hosting the under-19 final in a couple of weeks' time on the 22nd of August. There's a lineup for that coming out, I think, in the near future for that one. And people like Elliot Kelly are riders who they are going to invest their time in. I know he became a... Um, a Kings Lynn asset as well, and as you say, always seen up in, in the northeast too. So these are the kind of riders that um, we want to see develop through the uh, National Development League. And the whole idea of the Rising Star program is that in year or two or three years to come, then these riders will gradually filter their way in at the higher level. So uh, that was great to hear from uh, Elliot Kelly there. And um, as we mentioned, one of the uh, places you can go and watch some Speedway this week is Mildenhall at West Row. The full fixtures um, for Wednesday, it's Birmingham versus Kent, Poole versus Edinburgh. And then Thursday, it's uh, Premiership Action, Ipswich versus Sheffield, Peterborough versus Kings Lynn. And then on Friday, Edinburgh versus Poole, Glasgow versus Scunthorpe and Redcar versus Berwick. And then on Saturday, Berwick in action again, uh, taking on Poole. Poole on a bit of a, a northern tour, while the Edinburgh fans are uh, touring the south coast. Poole are on the way up. Uh, Berwick versus Poole, Eastbourne versus Birmingham, and Leicester versus Edinburgh on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Doubleheader at Newcastle. Newcastle versus Poole, followed by Newcastle versus Plymouth, both in the championship. 
and um, and then in the National Development League we've got Mildenhall versus Bellevue and then back to the Premiership on Monday Bellevue versus Peterborough and Wolverhampton versus Kings Lynn those are the fixtures over the next week um, of course keep up to date with everything that happens in British Speedway online at speedwaygb.co.uk and uh, get down to your local club if you can get to, to any of those if you're on holiday in an area uh, or you're, uh, you're nearby you've not been at the Speedway for ages and you're listening to this get down and support whichever club you can uh, go along because um, you know it's, it's, the, it's the bums on seats we need right now get back into it you'll discover it. there's lots of places that you can spread out so if you're maybe a bit concerned about one or two things find yourself a nice quiet part of a stadium if, if there is such a thing but you know what I mean where there's not so many people standing around get yourself a nice bit of uh, area around you and uh, enjoy your speedway. Uh, thanks to Dave Rowe for joining us. And uh, you're, you've got your own busy schedule as well this week. Got a few more meetings on the cards, haven't you? Uh, I'll try and do a few. Uh, yeah, I shall be at, as you mentioned, I'll be at Birmingham Wednesday. Uh, so if you want to find that nice quiet space away from a speaker, then do that. <laughs> um, then I'll be at um, I'll be at Peterborough Kingsland Thursday. And um, nice double header on Saturday because uh, it's the first day of the the football season, um, but I've been allocated a game at Stoke City on Saturday, which should give me time to get back for the big Leicester-Edinburgh match in the evening. So, nice sporting double on Saturday. Blimey, see, he's, he's everywhere. Now the football scene's thrown into the mix as well. <laughs> I tell you, good stuff. Um, right, well, thanks a lot, Dave. And um, do uh, take care if you're uh, heading out and about, wherever you are in your travels, drive safely. And um, don't forget to join us next week for another episode of No Breaks, No Fear for all the latest of uh, all of that that uh, happens over the next seven days. Fingers crossed the weather will be fine. That's what we're hoping for. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. See you next week. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.